Blog Talk Radio. Hi, listeners, and uh, I'm listening to, and welcome to another edition of Edge of Murph. Today's show is sort of a, uh, a bucket list moment for me. I've been a fan of the, uh, the uh, academy show for uh, quite a while now. Um, um, even back when it was the uh, Tattoo and Chuck show, we were fortunate enough to uh, have, uh, have, have Ty Bentley joining us today. Now, I've looked up to Ty for a long time, so so this should be fun. And and as usual, I've got my buddy Craig with me. Hey, Craig, how are you, sir? Pretty good, Cody. How are you doing today? A little nervous, but but I'm hanging in there, you know? <laughs> well, it's easy to be nervous, but I believe that once you get into the flow of things after the first few minutes, you know, you, mm-hmm. when you and Ty start talking, you know, it'll be just like a conversation, like a friend you meet right. on the street. Yeah, and, and uh, with that being said, let's welcome uh, Mr. Ty Bentley to the show. Hey, Ty, how are you, man? What's up, guys? Hey, Ty, how are you? Great. This is a couple interviews for the books. This is? Yeah, it really is. That's a lot of pressure on me now. <laughs> awesome. Uh, seriously, uh, thank you for doing this today. For sure, guys. I've been watching uh, the tweets go out and uh, the excitement build, and uh, I was excited about it. Yes, I love well, the voice, though. So I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that you were able to take time out of your busy schedule to speak with us today, Todd. Thanks, guys. Me too. Still to do it. Hey, you know, uh, you know, as I said in the intro, uh, I've been a fan of uh, of the show ever since uh, my local radio station picked it up, maybe about three or four years ago, uh, uh, back when it was when it was. Uh, Ty Kelly and Chuck, and uh, and and uh, I just uh, I've just uh, I've listened to the show pretty much every morning since. Thank you. Thanks for doing that. There's a good reason. That's only that's like uh, the only consolation to getting up that early is hopefully somebody <laughs> is also up and they're listening. So uh, that uh, that actually. Uh, 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 I brings up my next question, and and me and Craig were just talking about this uh, before you called in. Uh, what is a day in the life of Ty Bentley like? You looking for schedule, or are you looking for like the chaos that I feel like is happening, like family life well, and regular life and everything? I would say both, because I think they're both so interlinked that you have to talk about them together. They are. Right. I mean, just, I'm always tired, probably. Is, yeah, it's all those things together. So, uh, like, the morning schedule is not my natural routine. My body wants to sleep in. My body wants to stay up super late. I'm more creative at midnight than I am at 5 in the morning. And some people, like, opposite that. But for me, uh, I usually get up about 3.30 in the morning and get ready for work as, as quick as possible, which is about 11 minutes on the nose. And I get out of the house like a ninja because nobody else is awake yet. So I leave all the lights off and I trip over things and <laughs> And this is getting um, but I get to work about four, and then from there we kind of uh, we kind of do a hybrid of 
show prep and a little bit of on-air work. Because the way that our syndicated show is set up, we actually are starting to feed breaks for the day, 4 a.m. Central Time. And then it's, you know, live on-air show after that for four hours. And then afterward, just keep doing whatever needs to be done for work. And, like, for radio purposes, that's anything from an interview to editing down something that we've already recorded that we want to have air later that week on the show, um, talking to the rest of the crew about what's going on in their lives so we can figure out what might be fun to talk about on the air. And then eventually I, uh, I get out of there. And that can be anywhere from, like, 1.30 in the afternoon to 4 in the afternoon. And uh, and I try to head home, and my wife is awesome. She always is like, take a nap, like you're glossy-eyed. And I try to, like, squeeze in a nap and then get up and play with the kids and, and see my wife and accomplish something at the house, and then I kind of get ready for bed again and do the whole thing over. Nice. Uh, uh, so, uh, uh, does it ever uh, – I'm guessing that you business basically three jobs you have, even though obviously they're all fantastic, not just being – in charge of, I would say, two one of the two top morning wake-up country shows in the United States. You and Bobby Bones are the king of morning country, and Kelly Ford is our queen, um, yeah, if that's yeah. a fair statement. You're a father, a husband. Let me tell you, you live such an incredibly packed-filling, fulfilling life that uh, you're, I envy and you and you're a terrific figure, role model to look after. I think that's a reasonable statement. Thanks for saying that, guys. I have uh, I have my doubts on certain days. You know, I wonder if I'm doing enough to make sure that my family is getting quality time and not just, like, a couple hours where I'm half awake and not really doing much. Like, I have these days where I want to go out back and play with my kid. But I'm a little too tired for that, so I just talk him into playing trackers or something instead. So I think, you know, everybody kind of has that that feeling that maybe they could do more and that they don't have it figured out yet, and I'm definitely one of those people. I'm not sure I have it figured out yet. Well, you know what? No, no one has every answer, Ty. It, uh, no one can figure out every answer, and I think that's what makes life exciting is for those you just keep trying to, to find the answer. Even if you don't, it's the journey towards finding the answer that's exciting. I, yeah, that's part of it. And part of it's also like the radio side of that helping us so much that it's, you know, on a daily basis I can go, here's what I don't think I have pulled together yet. Who's listening to the show and it kind of feels that way? And then somebody will call and they even have great advice or they go, yeah, me too. I don't know how to do that either. And then we get to laugh about it and go like, oh, okay, never mind. Like, nobody has it figured out. We're all just kind of like faking it till we make it. <laughs> You like that much. You know, and it's definitely good when you can stick with it and find a way that it like makes it happier. Yeah. 
and 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 you're a big part of that. Uh, I mean, uh, thank you. I've looked up to you for a long time. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, but I'll certainly never forget it. Um, this was sort of around the time when we uh, we I made the switch to covering country music. Right. Um, um, he reached out to me. Uh, and, and you tweeted me, you said, I think you're going to be a rock star in radio days. Oh, yeah, I definitely remember that, man. You were so persistent. You were, like, really good about sticking your going, sticking what you love, being, like, passionate about it. And that kind of persistence, I think, is always going to get you where you want to go. I agree. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about your radio career prior to uh, uh, the – Ty Bentley Show uh, slash Ty Kelly and Chuck. Uh, yeah, Friday National. Yeah, you got it. Uh, how did you start this thing? I mean, uh, were you always interested in radio, or uh, or or uh, how did the career start for you? Uh, it, to me, it's kind of funny, man, because I look back and I realize, like, I didn't know that I loved radio the way that I did. The reason that I started it is because my best friend when I was growing up, his name is Ben, uh, his dad, Reed Holton, was like the big radio guy in my hometown of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So he was like down the street. He was my best friend. He lived down the street. He was my buddy that, like, I didn't knock to go to his house. I just walked in the door. And I was just, like, I lived there. I was their family. I always thought Reed's job was, like, the coolest thing. And, uh, and so part of my love for radio came from the fact that I knew somebody who was on radio. And I would call, and I would win contests, and I was, like, really good at, like, hang up, read out, hang up, read out, hang up, read out. And I'd win, like, all these, like, random CDs. And I just thought it was a cool thing when they would say, like, um, Pi just won, you know, the Bye Bye Love soundtrack or whatever. Like, someone gets you a CD. Because it wasn't even necessarily the music I listened to. Reed was on a light FM radio station. And I'm more listening to, like, uh, pop music and country music and some alternative music. But I would listen to this, like, station that most people just have on in their office at work because my friend's dad was on radio. So I always thought that was cool. And, uh, and early in my life, I had a bedroom down in the basement, and I was the only one in the basement in my house. Everybody else was, like, all the way upstairs because in the Midwest, uh, houses were kind of built, like, a main level and upstairs and an underground basement. And so I, uh, I always felt, like, a little bit alone or, like, I needed a little bit of, like, reassurance when I was a little kid. And that always came from the radio. Anytime the voice on the radio popped in, um, and, and in that case, it was usually country radio. Anytime they popped in or they told me that they were playing uh, Randy Travis song that I loved or Garth or something like that that I grew up with, um, I, like, I felt connected to somebody that was out there in the world. And so my love for radio kind of came from those two places. It came from uh, Reed offering us a job to do a part-time radio gig on early Sunday mornings on an AM radio station in Tucson, South Dakota, came from me wanting to connect with people who felt like there was nobody else around them at that time. Maybe they're working overnight and they're lonely, or they don't have family or friends around right now and they're lonely, or they're driving to work and they're stuck in traffic and they're frustrated and they need somebody to make them laugh. So all those things made me want to like connect with people, and they made me think that radio was the way to do that. And so I started my job in radio in a really like measly five hours a week at an AM station in my hometown. That's awesome. And and uh and like Craig said, um I think you are are, are one of the uh, the uh the top radio personalities in Nashville right now. Thanks Murph. Thanks man. 
Jesus. Um, Paul, I wanted to ask you, um, is it okay if I ask Cody? Ask you anything. Go for it. Go ahead, Thank you. Okay, actually, uh, Todd, to be honest, I had discussed this, what I'm I'm about to ask with Cody, prior to us going on air. And this is basically a question about the restructuring of Nash FM that resulted in having your show, FKA, Ty Kelly and Chuck, the Just a Ty Bample show. And now Kelly Ford has her own morning show here in New York. Well, I'm in New Jersey, but I still, in the morning, when I turn on the radio, I only hear Kelly Ford show, which is now called New York's Country. But I, at night, I can still hear regular Nash, other Nash programming, such as the Sean Parr show, which is uh, yeah, televised. Yeah, and... yeah. Yeah, so... Can you tell us that what is public knowledge without disclosing without disclosing anything confidential? What was behind that that led to the separation of Kelly Ford from Todd Kelly Chuck and now you to you just having your own show? Yeah, well, I mean, the truth of the matter with the Ty Bentley show is that that's not necessarily just my show or any different from what we do with Ty Kelly and Chuck. Like, I was anchor with Ty Kelly and Chuck, so any time that we considered the content we are going to put on the show, it had to, you know, it had to go through an approval process, and, and that was kind of, like, routed through me. I led, I led the team um, in that case, and then what we do now is the same thing. It's, you know, it's the whole team works together, and we talk about what's going on in our lives and what's important, and we kind of filter all that information into what's going to make the best content on the air and what's going to make the cut. And again, it kind of like runs through me. And so the reason that the name change happened is more so that the audience will understand if you're, you know, busy in your car, because you're not a picture. I picture people in their cars listening to the radio while their kids are in the back, like being like, hey, did you get my lunch, mom? Or their um, husband is calling them and being like, hey, you forgot to turn off the oven, I don't know, whatever. And, and so there's all these distractions in life in the morning. And I want them to be able to turn on the radio and just go, oh, okay, this is the Ty Bentley show. So if we're wondering what's going on in this chaos on the air right now, we just got to listen to Ty's voice real quick. And he'll kind of guide us to what the conversation's about. And then all the fun around that continues to happen. But you're not wondering what we're really talking about. You always know, like, that I'm kind of the one to look to real quick to see what's going on. And then we move forward as a, as a group having fun and all that. And, and that's kind of true for the guests that come in the studio, too. Rather than them wondering, do I make eye contact with Ty, Kelly, or Chuck in this moment, they always know, like, i got to make eye contact with Ty, and we'll see if we're about to run a commercial or we're about to play the song or, or what's going to happen in this interview. And so for that purpose, that's the reason the show ended up being called The Ty Bannon Show, which I don't think of it as, like, my show. I think of it as our show still, but it helps guide um, sort of the, the attention in the right places. You know that Chuck's always going to be fun and funny. You know that the other characters in the room are there to add their stories and their perspectives. And, you know, the baseline of what we're talking about is going to come from Ty. Um, in regard to Kelly, she's just, like, such a talented, hilarious person that you guys probably know this. You tell me if you don't or if you need more explanation. But the NAS station that was in New York used to be uh, owned by the company that owns Westwood One, which I think came on Showtime, which is called Cumulus Media. So Cumulus owned the NAS station in New York, and they actually just sold it. And they sold WCLJ, another radio station in New York, to different companies. So the country station went to uh, Intercom. That's the company that owns it now. So Kelly doesn't technically work for our company anymore. And knowing that split was going to happen is what led to saying, well, let's give Kelly this opportunity to go do her morning show. And 
Uh, and it's awesome that they're keeping the other properties, but I know that in New York they wanted a local morning show, and they kept trying to get us to move Ty Kelly and Chuck and America's Morning Show before that. They kept trying to, to see if we were interested in moving to New York to have that be the home base for the show. And to me, as a country music show, we needed to be in Nashville. It's hard to syndicate a country music show with guest stars and artists coming by and all the things that are country music to people um, without it being in Nashville. So to me, we had to stay in Nashville, and that was always really important. So we never went locally to New York, and this was kind of their opportunity to get the best of both worlds. Now Western One still has their syndicated show, and I think we're in a really good place and position with that. I think we have a really good team uh, pulled together right now, and it continues to get stronger and stronger. Um, and they seem to feel that way, too. We got really lucky. We got added across the U.K., so now people can hear us in England and Scotland and Ireland and uh, Wales and all these places in uh, the United Kingdom. So we kind of had you know, that going for us, and then Kelly got this opportunity to go do her show in New York, and uh, moving to the different company, you know, they wanted a local morning show and they have it, which is awesome. So both, every, both sides are happy. Everybody, everyone lives happily ever after is the conclusion. Which is... Yeah, I think everybody gets a chance to kind of do what they want to do creatively. I saw Kelly out in Las Vegas at the ACM Awards and we heard, you know, we can have to go and said hi. And she's like really excited about the news about the UK stuff. And I'm thrilled for her that she's in a place that she loves. She loves New York. You know, she was there before and uh, I think always kind of wanted to go back there. Um, you know, uh, I, I know you brought up, uh, I know you brought up the the UK thing. How cool is that to to, to have have, uh, have have the show broadcast um, um, internationally now? Super awesome. That kind of goes back to that thing where I didn't know that I wanted to do radio my whole life, and then I looked back and I was like. Oh, yeah, I did want to do radio. Um, the same thing is true of, like, the U.K. stuff. I used to travel when I could, and it's not super often, but it, I always love snowboarding and traveling. Those are my two things. And so I would go, whenever I went to Europe, I would go to, like, a little store, and I would buy those little, like, Walkman headsets that just have an AM, AM FM radio in them. Um, you know, I'd, I'd pay 10 euros or something to have that little broadcast transistor, and I would go sit somewhere like a bench with a, with a notepad and kind of like you guys, like I have this love for radio. And so I would just sit and I would listen to the broadcasts in Spain and the broadcasts in, in London and different places in Italy that I traveled to. And, uh, and I would write down notes and I, and I didn't always understand their language. I would just kind of understand the vibe and I'd go, Oh, okay. They talked over all the lyrics and singing in this song because I guess energy is more important. You know, like I just kind of got the vibe of what it was. And I made all these notes to myself about what radio was like over in Europe in case I would ever get the opportunity someday to do a syndicated show or maybe be based in Europe. And I, it was like almost so intangible. It was almost so unlikely that I would get that opportunity that I didn't even make it a dream. It was just a thought. And then out of nowhere, my agent got a call one day and he touched base with me and he was like, hey, they're starting a country radio network across UK, they're interested in having you. They vetted all the different talents that are um, broadcasting from the U.S. and they only want one, and they're coming after us. And I was like, well, that's a huge compliment. First of all, it makes me feel really good because for 20 plus years I've loved radio and I've wanted to connect with people and I wanted them to feel included. And if they feel so included that they even think that our show is going to include people from different countries and make them feel like they have a connection. That's literally the biggest compliment that you can give to me in radio, I think. Right. 
uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, here recently, um, this show hit hit uh, ten thousand listeners all time, and and you got I'm going to be honest with you, guys. Yeah, uh, we That's hit awesome. ten thousand listeners about about six or eight months ago, which is. I'm going to be honest with you, Ty. I cried. I'm going to be absolutely honest with you. I cried. Dude, that's a cool thing. You know that you made, like, people cared enough about what you were talking about or they thought that they connected with you enough that they spent their time with you. That's the same as if they all came over to your house. Like, that just, yeah, like, I mean, a reassuring feeling. And you invited them. Yeah, and, and, and like you, I mean, I, um, um, I covered another industry uh, for the first two years of the show. I covered uh, Hollywood, basically. Uh, but the music was always my passion, specifically country music. So when 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 I decided to to uh, make the switch uh, from covering Hollywood to uh, covering Nashville. Uh, I was just like you. I mean, I had I, I had all these questions like like would the show be accepted by the listeners, um, the country listeners? Would they be accepted by the artists that we have on? Would it be accepted by a media like yourself? And 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 they absolutely they they absolutely accepted this with open arms and 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 I'm still so grateful for that. Do you guys feel that, like, on social media? Can you feel a little bit of momentum building with people talking about the show and stuff, too? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, specifically Twitter. I mean, Twitter is the show's bread and butter. You know, uh, 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 you've seen the tweets where we'll, we'll announce a guest that's coming on, and, and, and the response we get is just mind-blowing. Good. I think to me, that's what, for you guys, I've, that's the reason that I know that you deserve any success that you already have and any success that you're about to have. It's because you continue to be, like, really strategic and really upbeat and positive on social media. And I see that coming through on there. And then when you get to, when you get to listen to the podcast, you hear the same people. And to me, that's such an important thing right now. You're doing a really good job of of reaching out to people and making them including moving your network organically because you talking to people that you care about and talking about things that you care about. That's cool. You know, and, and speaking of social media, one of my absolute favorite things to do outside of the show on social media is is to reach out to other hosts like yourself and just encourage them. You know. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. That's awesome. You get the same positivity. Do you ever hear like you ever hear negative stuff on social? All the time. Very, very rarely, surprisingly. Good. No, I do yeah. see negative comments on In social general. media. You're always going to have your share of negativity as well as positivity. You're going to see both sides. Yeah, but but uh, uh, as far as the show is concerned, we've been extremely lucky in that manner because because. I can literally count on one hand the number of negative comments we've gotten. Good. 
I was going to say, the reason I said that is because I remember when you reached out to get those tips all the time, and it was during, like, one of those weeks where I was just feeling pounded because we talked about the split between the shift of Ty Kelly and Buck to the Ty Bentley show. There's a long layover period where since we're syndicated and since we have so much, like, corporate red tape stuff to go through, it took a long time to change the name of the show, and I think people thought we were trying to pull a fast one. But really, we weren't allowed to talk in any capacity about what any of the changes were. And we also were saddled with being the face representing those changes. And so there was a lot of negativity. And I understand and I actually really appreciate that people are so passionate about radio shows. But I had this a couple of weeks where it was really, like, dragging down. And I, really, I remember specifically you were one of the positive voices. And so I wanted to thank you for that, too, because it means a lot when the positive things shine through there, too. Uh, you know, and 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 that leads me to to uh, my next question for you. Uh, when everything's said and done with your with your uh, radio career, and you're in the uh, National Broadcasters Hall of Fame, which is going to happen for you, there's not a doubt in my mind. Uh, what what legacy or impact would you like to have have uh, had on the broadcasting industry? The flat-out truth is that I want to have some sort of legacy like what Ron Helton has helped create with what he does in Country Cares for St. Jude, um, to find something that is, a, is the one cause that people will remember I always represented well and, and cared for and, and raised money for and raised awareness for, and I haven't found an opportunity to make a million dollars for a charity yet. I don't even care if I get remembered for it. I just want to make a million dollars. For a charity, that's one thing I want to do: is make a million dollars, not through corporate things, because there's little tricks that people can use in radio where they go, um, "Oh yeah, we raised a million dollars this year," but really it's just one big donation from one corporation, which is awesome. But that money would have gone anyway. I want to raise a million dollars singular efforts from people listening coast to coast in America, coast to coast in the UK, where we contribute our own four dollars, our own five dollars, and the millions of people that listen to the show believe so much in one cause that we make that massive of a difference. And not because I need that money to be going to these causes, but because I want these families to see that people coast to coast across America and across the UK care about them, even if they're strangers. So to me, that legacy, guys, is 100% making a positive difference in an organization that matters to me. That's what I want. I, it's not about, like, radio or the funniest bit or the best interview. I just want to make a difference. Right, you know, uh, and, uh, and and the reason I asked that question, well, well, I asked it to to all of my guests, uh, whether that's radio or music or whatever. I, I asked all my guests that question, and the reason for it is, uh, uh, um, like I said earlier, I've been at this a long time, um, almost seven years at this point, uh, but. But I think um, the legacy that 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 I want to leave on the industry, uh, and this is even even beyond radio, is, is I just want to be known as as a genuinely good dude, you know? Yeah, good. I think that's the gift that we have through broadcasting is you get to affect other people in a real way. And you can either do it negatively and make them like frustrated or angry about people that don't believe what they believe, or you can find a common ground and you can make them happy. And that's what I, I, I want to make them happy. 
Uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, okay, a uh, couple more questions for you, then I think we're going to gonna, uh, let you go out of here. Okay? Sure. Tony, can I ask a question? Yeah, okay, so, what did you say, man? My phone cut out a little yes. Oh, yes, Cody. What I wanted to ask, um, two questions, actually. One is a follow-up based on uh, one of the conversation we just had when you expressed wanting to raise a million dollars for a charity. Have you ever considered having a charity event during CMA Fest in addition to having the morning shows, like at the George Shows Museum that you've done the past few years like cool. having yeah. an additional yeah i think that's good i think the time to do it you're, that's exactly the strategic thinking you know, like radio takes is find a time when the most people are around that you can make a personal impact with and i think you're right on gma fest in nashville um mm-hmm. that week even if it's just about launching the awareness campaign and, and reminding people that you know we're going to be putting up a link seven days from now. Here's how you follow us on social media. Please help out. And then we shake your hand and we meet them. That's probably a really way, good way to do it. I don't know if you guys are familiar. We've done a couple campaigns. Like we did 100,000 thank yous, which is awesome. We get to thank the troops for what they do. And it's a really simple way. And it's unbelievable to see boxes come in and think about the like the people that sat down for a second around their table and wrote a note to a stranger. And we get to send it to the troops. And we always surpass our goal. We get over 200,000 thank you cards every year that we get to send out to the troops and care packages. And then the other one is um, it's a diaper drive that I started last year with my son, Radley, who's five. And that one in particular was super fun. And that's one where I think we'll probably be able to make a difference around CMAFAS because what he was doing was going out and playing his guitar to raise like five bucks at a time at first. And then Chris Jansen challenged him to go out to the Opry and play some out there and raise some money out there. And it became this bigger thing where we raised diapers for the National Diaper Bank Registry. And that's a cause that I really believe in, too, because the more we learned about it, the more we learned about how important being able to provide for a baby is so that a parent can bond with the baby. Um, so, I, sorry, I totally went off on a side tangent. But but that'll actually start lining up with CMFS more and more this year a little bit and next year even more so. And I think that that's kind of the key is figure out the one cause that I want to give to. So maybe it's a million diapers instead of a million dollars. Um, but that really does help families out there that are struggling that, you know, don't think anybody's thinking about them and we can surprise them. What you can do to help other people, it's, even if it's not in the form of money, like you said, a million diapers, that still constitutes uh, being able the result of people helping to lead yeah. to that. That's what's mm-hmm. important. Agreed. Absolutely. Uh, um, one more question for you. And this is kind of a fun one, okay? Sure. Uh, uh, my favorite thing of, of of what y'all do on the morning show is the uh, two-minute tune. Who came yeah. up with, 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 with the concept of the two-minute tune? So the concept of the two-minute tune actually came, uh, it's an idea from a friend of mine that works in radio. His name is uh, his name is Steve Reynolds, a super smart guy, like really, really. He, he's the kind of guy that you like aspire to be because he wants to do the same stuff. He wants to make a difference in people's lives and he wants to make them smile. And, uh, and he just had this crazy idea that we could bring in artists and help them, have them create a song in 10 minutes. And that was before me. They did that before I even joined the show. I remember listening to 10 minutes when Blair Garner was hosting uh, America's Morning Show 
And I was like, how do they do this? And it turns out it's just a lot of talented people live in Nashville. And a lot of listeners are able to recognize, like, a really funny news story that could be turned into a song. And so they, you know, we put those listeners with those songwriters, and it happens every morning. Uh, uh, y'all have had, had a lot of our, our former guests do a two-minute tune. And, and every time, uh, every time uh, uh, one of our, our former guests does a tune, uh, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, this is cool. We've had these guests in the show. This is awesome. Oh, thanks. That's awesome. Uh, and thanks for having me. Do you have any more questions for me, Greg? deserve every outlet they can find. Um, actually, I do have one more quick question, and then uh, that just came up. Yeah. What basically, the attention towards the NFL draft being held in Nashville was really becoming like so much of a national event. And it's instead of being hosted on just ESPN, ABC is hosting it. Robin Roberts is going to be the host. And Luke Bryan and Bobby Bolt already said they're going to be there. And it seems like it's going to be like a concert combined in the draft. What is your understanding of the NFL draft as it relates to the country music industry? And it's do you have any- I think you're right. I think with the country music industry, it's going to be perceived as like a big concert uh, mixed in with a draft. Like there's going to be a lot of live music. And Dirk Bentley and Tim McGraw doing a show, and uh, and everybody seems really excited about the draft being in Nashville. And then when you look at the people that actually live in Nashville, we're all a little bit like, okay, we should avoid downtown. Traffic's going to be crazy. We'll just watch it on TV. Um, the draft is sort of, you know, it's a one-off event. So it's sort of just a festival type thing. I think the way the country music looks at it is sort of a, a festival that's going to happen this one time. It's going to be a few days of craziness, and then um, over the you know over the next couple of months we got CMA Fest to look forward to. So this is sort of a warm up for CMA Fest with all the artists coming together in town and getting their fans in town too. But I think it's going to be a good vibe. I think it's a really cool thing that Nashville is becoming the center of major pop culture events. Which may one before you know it, Nashville will land the Super Bowl in a few years. The way it's that'd going, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be I awesome. hope so, actually. Well, me too. I love Super Well, I was up in New York. I was in New York when it was out at uh, at the Giants Stadium, and I remember like the downtown NFL experience that was going on there. So I'm expecting that to be here in Nashville for the draft in uh, in a few days too. Did you guys get to go to that at all? I was in New York. <laughs> I've, watched, I've never attended in person, but I've seen it on television, and it's actually become one of the most off-season pop sporting events that's really exciting. You know, with the this team's on the clock, they talk about who you're going to have. And yeah. I think it's just really exciting with every team this year, with the two teams, in, New York teams in the top ten, with the Jets at third and Giants at sixth, I'm going to be glued to that set. When draft really? day comes, I agree. Yeah. That's awesome. I agree. Hey, uh, I'm a uh, I'm a highlights guy. I get too busy, and then I'm like, I'll just watch the clips and highlights. And I watch my Packers app for updates. It alerts me when we make a draft pick. Right. Hey, uh, uh, a quick little fun fact for you, Cap. I'm going to be yeah. in Nashville. Well, I live about uh, uh, about three hours. Uh, 
uh, forever from town, so it's, it's fairly close. But but uh, but I'm going to be in town uh, doing CMFF, uh, helping out a buddy of mine uh, with with interviews uh, for his show. So so um, hopefully we can can run into each other. Yeah, man, that'd be awesome. I mean, stay in touch with me offline or, or whatever. Like, if it's tweets or I think you have my email and uh, not if you have my phone number. So let me know when you're in town and either come over to the studio and we'll just, like, you can check it out. I don't know if you've been to our studio yet. Or if you want to come out and we do a live uh, broadcast, you're welcome at all that stuff. Awesome. Thanks. Hey, uh, 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 thank you again for doing this, man. This has been just so much fun for me. Yeah, I hope I do okay. I uh, I appreciate you guys asking me, and it was fun to kind of watch the lead up to it too. Uh, congrats on seven years, ten thousand plus listeners. That's awesome. Hi, uh, you know, Ty. Uh, uh, I would love. I've been trying to visit the studios for a while, beating the studio audience. I will be at CMA Fest too. If there's any way I can hook up with you to say hello too, whether it be at a morning show at the George Shoes Museum or any other time, I would be flabbergasted too if it could be possible. Same deal. Get, get my number and uh, Cody can give you my number and then just shoot me a text yeah. or whatever and let me know what your schedule is when you're in town. Especially as it gets closer, I'll be able to tell you more about where it will be. I, I certainly will. Uh, thank you for the invitation. Cool. Hey, uh, thank uh, you, guys. Uh, um, before we let you go, I've got to tell you this. Uh, uh, um, of course, I've told you this earlier, but but uh, you and everybody over there at the show have been have been some of of my mentors in radio for a long time. Well, thanks for saying that, and let us know if I can like help in any way, anytime. Seriously, just like shoot me a text, and if you have, if you're like, hey, quick question about like something or anything in regard to radio or the balance of radio versus life. I'll at least tell you my answer. I don't know that I have the answer, but I'll tell you what, like what I've learned. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate that. You know, you know, and yeah. and same goes for you. I mean, I mean, if you ever need anything from me, don't ever hesitate to reach out, give me a text or whatever. Awesome. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, uh, um, uh, so I think we're gonna I'll let you go and let you get back to your evening. Uh, but, but. Um, you've always got to open invitation back to the show anytime, uh, anytime you want to come back on. Thank you very much. Well, let's stay in touch, and, I, and especially if you guys are coming in for CMA Fest, maybe we can do something around that. Uh, uh, man, I'll, I'll, I'd love to. Cool. Absolutely. I'll, I'll talk to you all. I'll talk to you later. Okay, it's not that far away. No, uh, it's only less than two months away. It's coming up before you know it. Events are being announced right. before you know it. Yeah. Uh, man, I'll talk to you later, okay? All right. Bye, y'all. Bye, Craig. All right. Have a good night. Holy crap, did that just really happen? I admit that maybe I'm at the end of the day, I was more maybe of a fan than an interviewer. But you know what? We're human beings. It's fine for us to get excited. He is really down to earth. And I really he hope... He's one of the best. I'm not going to lie to you. He is absolutely one of the best. 
yes, and he's very knowledgeable and on top of the situ of things. He mm-hmm. he's really he knows what's going on at all times, and he he's someone like I said during the interview is a terrific role model as a not just as a broadcaster but as a person. He is. I agree. Okay. So so. Uh... Who do we have coming on the show next week? Okay. Hold on one second. I know I will tell you what who we have for the rest of April. Uh, So next Tuesday, April 23rd, we have the lovely Ellie Mears returning to the show to promote her latest release. It'll be good to catch up with her, see what she's been up to. Then in two Mm -hmm. weeks on April 30th, we will be closing out with the return of Elena. Her latest release, Chemical Imbalances, is spectacular. Yes. And we just scheduled this recently. Um, and this interview should be a barrel of laughs and a lot of fun. It should. It should. Uh, uh, um, I'm going uh, to let you go and, and wrap things up here, man. But I'll talk to you next week, okay? Talk to you next week. Have a good night, Cody. I mean, you too. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed our interview with with uh, Mr. Ty Bentley. Uh, uh, and like Craig said, next week, the next Tuesday at at, at 4.30 Central, we have the lovely Miss Elle Mears coming back uh, to, to talk about her, a brand new single. And I think with that, I think I'm going to end the episode right here. Keep listening to Boy Days with Murph. Thank you and goodbye.